You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassoon Securities in Johannesburg, and he has been in self-isolation, or self, <laughs> no, government-imposed isolation. So what is that? G, government-imposed isolation, so G-I-I. David, how's day four been for you, and how was uh, day two and three for you? <laughs> Tough. I, th- I think the hardest thing, Lindsay, and uh, is that in isolation, if you're in isolation on a normal weekend, um, you'll turn on and you'll watch a game of soccer or you'll watch news or you, you can diversify your interests. Here, you've got nothing other than to do. Every time you turn on the TV, you know, all you're doing is, is 24 hours of the virus. Yeah, exactly. And eventually it drives you mad. It actually goes over your head after a while. Nothing shocks you. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it, you know, you become numb to everything. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation. And the other thing, as I was explaining as well, you know, through all kinds of hardships that we've been through before, and I've been through numerous ones where markets have cracked and you feel terrible, you always go with your mates for a beer or you'll sit down in a restaurant or you'll meet family, whatever, to, to mm. take your mind off. Yeah, we're stuck, you know. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And then the meals, your meals become the same every day. You know, you just like, like prison, literally like prison. What's for lunch today? Oh, yeah, David, you know, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> no, come on now. I mean, I, I, I know your wife and I know she's a fine cook. And I know you yeah. can go to Woolworths and rustle up a couple of things mm. yourself. But uh, I think people are going a little bit over the top. It's three weeks, for goodness sake. I was watching a film over the weekend yeah. for the second time called uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. It was by Peter Jackson, the Hobbit yeah. guy, and it yeah. was to do with the World War One. And you realize the privations and, the, and, yeah. and what those young chaps between the ages of 15, 16, and, and 20, 21 yeah. went through. And you think that you're in trouble because you're getting the no. same um, meal every day and you're being able to watch yeah. television. No. I think maybe I people that. are overblowing a little bit, but I do yeah. understand that it is difficult, especially when you're a gregarious uh, fellow like you are. Mm. No, I understand that. It's true, you know, whenever I thought of, uh, thought of war where these poor chaps were stuck in trenches, yes. just not knowing what was going to happen and, uh, you know, not knowing whether it, there was going to be attack or fearing that they might have to go living under the Tense circumstance. I mean, wet and rainy and everything. It's true, you know. Mm. We are a little soft. <laughs> We've we got televisions. <laughs> you got the telly. You've got you're playing football with your wife in the garden because you beat her 100 nil. I saw that tweet. I'm sure you cheated, but, anyway. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's not that bad. I said, Come on. I said. I asked her question. I said, you know why? Because she loses concentration. She looks at her phone all the time. <laughs> She's a closet millennial. Um, David, looking at the Stock Exchange hey. news service this afternoon, it's all yeah. COVID-19 update, the latest one being yeah. at uh, Hoppers 3 South African time from Impala Platinum. And it's yeah. all about the guidance and uh, uh, cancelling yeah. dividends yeah. and distribution. I've mm. never seen so many similar announcements. Isn't it astonishing? I, I think once one company did it, everybody thought, well, it's opened the, opened the gap for them. Mm. But Lindsay, you know the downgrade. We've spoken about the downgrade. Well, we haven't spoken about it yet, but I mean, it's come, uh, not unexpected. But um, I think I think businesses are in. You know, I, I think they're in a lot worse trouble than we think they are. I think um, while other, you know, the one thing that identifies emerging markets 
from developed markets is those, the U.S. and even Europe, they're strong countries. They've got plenty of reserves. They haven't got the unemployment levels that we have. And therefore, they're in a far better position to um, get out of this than we are. And, and I think that's what scares me. We're a very, we're in a, you know, South Africa I'm talking about is in a very precarious position. Mm. And uh, we haven't got the means to actually extract ourselves from this or grow once we get out of it without some very, without important changes to the way that, number one, we operate businesses and we live. And and I think this is coming through in you know in in Impala, which is going to be closed for how long? Three, four weeks? I don't know. Uh, they can't afford that. Our businesses can't afford it. Nor do they have the resources, for, or, or or nor do government have the resources to help them. So they're on their own. You know, they are on their own, and they have to make sure that they conserve whatever they can. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they really do. We, 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 there's no fat, in other words. You know, it's, it's not like no. the United States of America, which, uh-huh. which is a rich country, or, or China, which has these massive reserves. Um, but we, we have nothing. It's like somebody going into a, a, a period where they've, they've got no savings and suddenly they lose their job. I mean, from month mm. to month, they may be doing okay because they get the money in from doing the casual work, but the casual work has now stopped. And the country of South Africa, it's almost as though South Africa is the sovereign equivalent of a casual worker. Well put, hand to mouth, exactly like that. And the population works hand to mouth. And then as soon as we get a situation like this, everybody says, well, I'm going to take advantage of it. You know, I'm not going to play my landlord or I'm not going to pay my accounts, you know, and I'm going to claim uh, um, that I haven't got the money. And I'm sure that my landlord or whoever I owe money will let let me off. Um, So... You know, I think they're taking advantage of it, even if they can. So, so we're in that situation, which I think is going to be very, very difficult. I listened to a report. I listened to a uh, a podcast of a chap, you know, who was just explaining the the informal business. And uh, these people are going to be, you know, the taxis, for example. Just think of the taxis. I mean, um, yeah. number one, they they uh, they rely on filling their taxis. I don't know how many people, 10, 15 people get into a taxi. So now they're taking five. At every taxi rank is a an informal business, somebody who sells coffee or sweets or, or food or yeah. somewhere around that, you know, like little spazas. So they're under pressure. And so it goes, you know. Um, I don't think that, as he was saying, he says the informal sector doesn't operate only in rural areas. It operates right in the heart of our economy. You know, you don't, you know, one doesn't realize how it's going to impact them. So when we stop migration or people going into the city to work or into wherever they do, you're stopping that whole what's the name, you know what I mean? Mm. You're saying, um, oh, just one, you know, yeah, just one event, just, just one business uh, going, uh, going to the wall or rather closing down or being put into a, a mothball situation affects so many others we don't understand. And then it goes down, mm. it trickles down. Often, we're 
we, we talk about the, the wealth of a, a country trickling down, and it doesn't always trickle down. But I tell you, as soon as there's some bad news, it trickles, and it trickles yep. fast. Mm. Uh, so mm. it, it, it's not good. Let's have a, look, mm. a couple of companies mm. that came out today with announcements. And this is from NAMPAC. It doesn't mention COVID-19 in its headline, but NAMPAC voluntary trading update for the five months to the 29th of February. Now, the 29th of February didn't really take in what's happening with, with um, the COVID-19, yeah. but uh, this is a packaging company. And NAMPAC, I yeah. don't know, NAMPAC to me over the last few years has been messy. What do you think of it? Well, look, they're in the worst areas possible. You know, they, these were the areas that were supposed to provide them growth from Angola to Nigeria. Yes. And, and both of those are oil-producing business you know, companies. So besides your own issues at home, uh, where there's been a slowdown in demand, you've had, you've had a, a collapse, I wouldn't say a collapse, but a certain downturn in the economies of both those areas. So they, they, they've got the worst possible uh, exposure that, that anybody can wish for. So I think, you know, one has to put that into consideration. Their shares have come down dramatically, you know, on, on, on the concerns about where they are, you know, where, where, where they're exposed to. And, and it's strange that packaging, packaging in the past was always a proxy for an economy. Yes. If packaging companies were doing well, you knew that they were providing the uh, you know, packaging for, for consumer goods. Or it's not only consumer goods. Remember, a lot for farming goods, for, for all kinds of industries they were providing uh, packaging. I can't think of another word for packaging. But um, I don't think there is one. <laughs> so... So, you know, the marketing side of it almost, uh, safety side, health side, and uh, beer, wherever you went, uh, everything has packaging. And it's just surprising to see how badly these companies have been, um, have been hit. So, um, it's, it's, it's been a very, very difficult time for them. Um, but again, it also has exposed the weaknesses of Africa, you know, of, of going into Africa as well. Tell me about uh, Sapi. I mean, it's another company. Whenever I think of uh, NAMPAC, uh, I, think, I, I think of Sapi. Uh, and Sapi yeah. came out with this uh, at uh, 1435 South African time. It says here, Sapi update on the impact of COVID-19 and debt covenant relief. Uh, 20% up the share price. What on earth is that all about? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that they've got debt covenant relief. Yes. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, yeah, just, Unless just, I'm actually... 1435. Actually, Have a look at that while I'm talking yeah. about other ones as well. Uh, we've got, I've, yeah, uh, I've, got, I've got to reboot my, uh, for some reason, the trouble is sometimes when you live at home or when you operate from home, if you don't use a program, then it kicks you out and... Uh, yeah, exactly. uh, you have to reboot. Either that, or you have to. Uh, you, what you're really saying is you had a half hour nap and you forgot to press a button. <laughs> Netcare <laughs> Limited came up with. <laughs> Netcare Limited came up with an investor update, COVID nineteen update from Impala Platinum. That share price up three and a half percent. It was fifty rand a share not so long ago. Now what? close to eighty rand a share. So much going on, and I promise you, these PR companies are probably putting in their invoices for the end of the month and saying, "Well, we did yeah. this extra for you, that extra for you. We're on it. We're on." retainer but if we do more we're going to get paid so there's a lot of people that are actually making a little bit more money than they would do you normally because, because of the, cause you have to communicate david yes you have to and i and i also think you have to explain uh 
uh, where you are. In other words, where the company is and what you're likely to see. Um, we've seen a lot of dividends being withheld. And, you know, the property companies are perhaps the worst hit. Uh, there you are. I'm back and running now. I can well get, I, I, <laughs> I can get into, I can get into a lot of these. I think, you know, I, I must say that I'm quite surprised at the response of our market to, um, to our downgrade. There's been a far better response than I thought would have happened. Yes, admittedly, banks are down, but, but, um, you know, if you look at the banks, uh, there's been a slight pickup. Even industrials are, yes. are starting to pick up. They help, they help out foreign markets which are picking up and they help by the top end of the market. But I mean, even for companies like SAPI, and uh, I have to go through that in, in a little more detail to understand why, you know, um, well, we'll do that. Whether, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that tomorrow with Nick Kunza, But it's a big you know, move for a big yeah. company. It, it really is quite but you a know decent what move. Could happen. Mm. Mm. I, I'm guessing what's happened is that there's relief, and and uh, because of the debt covenants, mm. uh, because of the fall, and because of the issues, um, the people to whom they owe money are going to be a little more liberal or generous in terms of applying covenant laws, and maybe that's why they've recovered like they have. Very good. Uh, well, let's, and, let's hope and, so. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I think that's the, that's the backdrop as well. All right. Uh, care should be doing well. I mean, you know, they've got the hospitals. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter how many hospitals you have if they're, if, yeah. if they haven't got the capacity to, to take advantage, and it's a horrible phrase to use when it comes to healthcare, take advantage, mm. but in order to I serve know, the community. Um, no, unfortunately, you can have you, you can have as many people uh, sick as you like, but if you can't accommodate them, then you're not going to no, make money no, out of them. I and I, I hate, again, it's actually quite distasteful. I don't, want to, I don't want to talk mm. about making yeah. money under people that are ill. So let's just no, push that subject aside no, if we can. I, I agree with you. I think it's. Uh, I, I think what is going to happen, mm. what will be happening, and I think globally is that there's going to be more. Focus on on private health, not private health care, on health services, mm. and also university, you know, universal health care. Uh, you can't afford to have populations that that cannot go to a hospital or cannot afford um, medical care because those are the people that will hide viruses in a, in, a, in an effort to keep going to work and not want to lose a day's job, you know, a day's wages. So I think I think we're going to see a complete um, turnaround and a complete. In a swing around in, in, in attitudes towards um, pr- in a public health care and public health. I think there's going to be a big turnaround when it comes to the way that we live our lives in six months to yeah. a year. And everyone will sit down and say, well, that was an interesting six months we've just been through. Yeah. Am I going to yeah. go back to what I was? Am I going to go back to the patterns that I used to follow every single day? No. Or I can see us, you and I, um, and, mm. and five or six other people from different walks of life sitting down and saying, okay, what are the trends for mm. the future? Because I think the trends mm. have changed. I just can't work out at the moment what they're going to be. But if you can find them, I think there's money to be made. And yeah. again, we're talking. Yeah about the raw capitalism here, but there is money to be made from the way that people will conduct themselves in the future, David. No doubt. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's been a very sobering exercise. You know, I, tongue-in-cheek, I, I, I say that valuation models, derivative trading, uh, is going to fall away to uh, scientists, you know, to 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 you know in these kind of times you would far rather have a physician or a virologist or someone than a hedge trader with a very fancy derivative trading strategy and i think we've paid too little attention to the sciences mm. uh, there's been far too much 
attention given to, uh, you know, to bankers and the fancy salaries that they earn. Admittedly, these chaps do contribute and they do give donations to universities and so on. But I oh, think yeah. from a government point of view, you know, from a government point of view, I think the focus on public health uh, has to increase and the focus on finding, you know, on continuing with research and development. Um, and we, we have you ever heard of a celebrity scientist? You know, you've heard of a celebrity fund manager. Well, there's um, st- the, the late Stephen Hawking. He was a celebrity scientist. Oh, yeah, he was a yeah. I mean, because he he knew how to sell it, and he was uh, he wrote very into it. But he was one of the few, and he sold astrology and uh, f- and physics. But I mean, you know, by and large, we never really they don't occupy. Uh, the best seats at uh, any ball or any uh, conference, etc. They're always in the background. And yet these are the people we need more than ever now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, what do you think about TFG? TFG is a big company. It used to be known as Fashini. And it came yeah. out today and says we're going to suspend store rental payments due to lockdown. How ca- isn't that slightly, How isn't that slightly that? arrogant? Uh, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think it's disgusting. You know what I mean? They are, they're a rich business. Yes. They're not a poor business. You know what I mean? They're not a poor. I, I, I find that unfair. So what about the poor landlord? Yes. So the landlord says, okay, so what must I do? I've got staff to pay. Do you know what I mean? I've got, I've got people to pay. I've got an organization behind me. Must I also stop paying staff? I, I'm actually surprised. I know that they're, they're under pressure. They're, uh, people are not going to buy apparel, but that's the business they choose. But they, they don't, chose, uh, during you know? the good times, say, excuse me, Mr. No. Landlord, I think you're no. charging us too little. No. I'm going to pay I, a little I, bit I, more because I, I sold more uh, I, cheap mm-hmm. rubbish. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's wrong, Lindsay. Don't mm-hmm. get annoyed. Um, I, we, I, d- I sold more goods and, goods and services, whether it be cell phones or knickers this, this month. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you a little bit more because you've been such a good landlord. As soon as the time, no. times are hard, then suddenly TFG no, I, says, I, no, we can't I, pay you. You know what? Anybody who can afford to carry on the same way as they were before this hit must do so. Yes. You know, you, you honestly, they, you know, everybody depends on you, and you can't take advantage of this situation uh, not to pay your landlord. Uh, you know what? They won't. They'll pay their suppliers because they know that if they don't pay their suppliers, the suppliers go in, they're dead. Mm. But the landlord's a soft target. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, confused about this. And it's, if it's their decision, uh, I d- I'm not sure what's driving it. You know, you know, Lindsay, I would, I just thought about it. And, and if all of us, those of us who are in a position to do so, I'm very happy to make donations to a fund, whatever it is. I'd, I'd make more if, you know, on, on the, on the condition that I know that it's going to, X, Y, Z. You know, I'd love to identify where it could go to. Um, I'd give more if I got the tax break. If mm. they said to me, okay, listen, we need to get the money to people now. You know what I mean? We need to get it now so that they can survive. Okay, I'll pay my tax money to them now, direct to them now, and delay it, you know, down the line, whatever it is. We can think about how we're going to cover it later. I think that's the urgency. And I'm very happy to comply. You know, I've saved, I've been in a position, I'm in a fortunate position uh, because I've lived a, a careful life. But I'm not going to say, you know, I would hate to take an attitude, well, this gives me a, you know, this gives me the the gap or the opening not to pay anybody. Sorry, <laughs> you know, can't pay you. Mm. Not that I've got debts or loans or anything like that. But I, I honestly, it's it's time that we came forward that those who can afford it um, actually step up to the plate. 
David, the oil price is $22.59 per barrel. It's down nearly 10% on the day. And I was talking to Nick Kunza this morning on the opening, and I said, suddenly, I'm looking at the oil price rather than the S&P futures when I wake up in the morning, because I think that the oil price is going to lead the market down. And on that note, a well-known international investment bank has said, we haven't seen the worst yet. In other words, the market could go lower. Now, this particular bank hasn't got a great track record when it comes to things, not because it gets a bad call, but it tells us the call after it's positioned itself in, in, the, opposite, <laughs> in the opposite direction. You know the one You're I mean. You're not talking but we, about Goldman Sachs. No, 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 you can't say that. Of course I'm, I'm sorry, not. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't remember the name of the bank. <laughs> but I saw something. Not the worst. David, <laughs> 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 As I said, I can't remember the name of the bank, but they said, the, you know, the, the low, we haven't, maybe haven't seen the lows yet. And of course, the market's rallying on the back of that, or on the back of lots of other things, nothing to do with that bank. Uh, one and three quarters percent, uh, the S&P at the moment. But uh, the people, I'm looking at oil rather than the equity market. Listen, to be honest, when Mr. Fauci came out yesterday, you know, he's a little chap who's always obscured by Mr. Trump. In those days, he, you know, you can't most people see. are obscured by Mr. Trump. <laughs> and he comes out and says, "You know, deaths could rise to two hundred thousand. I said, "Oh my God!" Mm. You know, from my point of view, that that's it. That's the market. You know, we're dead and we're up. Yeah, we're you know what? The, the, so the, the, I, the funny thing about Trump and Fauci and their relationship is that you can see Mr. Trump, who claims to be six foot three, but he's actually five eleven, and just wears he wears these razors in his shoes. He's looking at Mr. Fauci, who's obviously very intelligent. He's the scientist type that you were speaking about, and I can see Trump looking down at him because he despises people that are smaller than him, or rather, he loves people that are smaller than him because that's one of the few things that he can have over another person. He hasn't got a bigger brain than him, but he's got a bigger girth and a bigger height than him. And when he sacks him, he is going to go on a tweet tirade against this little man. Yeah. He's going to call him, I can't think of anything yeah. there beginning with an F that, um, that, that goes with Fauci. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll think of it soon. But you watch, he's going to sack him because he's, yeah. he's, he's not concurring with Mr. Trump's outlandish theories. But it is dangerous. It's going to be 200,000 deaths in the United States by the time this is over. Hopefully not, but that's the way it's going if you apply models in Italy and other countries. Mm, mm. Not good. No, I, you, you're right. Listen, my daughter in New York, they're panicking. I mean, they're in absolute distress mm. over what's happening there. And they're adhering to all the instructions, keeping away from, from everybody, you know, keeping away from uh, social distances. Um, it, it's um, going into the yes, They're going into the park. They're walking their dogs, etc. But they are keeping away. But there's still a lot of people in the city who who believe this is just one big hoax. But don't underestimate how fearful they are. My, my son in Sydney, the same thing. Very, very nervous, as we are. Yes. Lindsay, I don't think we've seen, you know, we're still in summer. I, I don't understand the virus. I don't understand how it spreads. But I do understand flu. And I think these are not the months where people, where the, you know, you get a spread of the flu epidemic. But my, my big fear, is, is what happens when winter comes, when the weather starts turning colder yes. and we all huddle together and things. You know, that to me is going to be the danger. And we haven't seen it spread to the southern hemisphere, mainly probably because of that, that, that reason. But so, so you think uh, it'll shift from yeah. the northern hemisphere ah, in, and, uh, to the southern hemisphere. It'll keep on going round and round, whether it be from uh, east to west yeah. or from north to yeah. south. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, David, uh, 
what are you doing at the moment? Please tell me. I mean, not, in, not in, right in now. I mean, apart from playing football with in, your wife. I mean, from an investment point of view, what are you telling people? I, I'm hanging. I'm hanging out. I'm just careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a bit of. I've had a bit of cash in portfolios. Um, positioning myself. What I am doing is, I've, I, South African market. I can't see any attraction. I, to be blunt, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm very nervous of where this is going to end up for us. You know, the downgrade plus. Uh, much, much lower growth. So I'm very, very cautious. I, I don't understand the bond market, to be honest. I don't know whether there is an opportunity in it. You know, rates are kicked up with the downgrade. So you've got uh, tenure at 12% or thereabouts and seven-year, the 186 at what's at 11.5%. That might be attraction, but I don't know. You know, I don't know enough to take any kind of a punt on that or put money there. So whatever money we have, we're trying to keep short. But on the offshore side, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm positioning myself. I think that what I've been talking to you about, the fact that we would not have survived without big tech. As much as we want to break it down, as much as we want to destroy it, thank goodness for Amazons and the Microsofts and, you know, uh, Apples and so on and Alphabets and that, who've allowed us to, to at least, you know, uh, uh, have a decent isolation. Mm. Um, Netflix and so on. And I think they're going to get powerful. They're going to get more powerful and this data economy is going to become more powerful because we're not going to go backwards. We're going to still use e-commerce uh, and we're going to use a lot of tools that we've developed now. But I'm keeping the power dry. I'm not, I'm not ready to spring yet. You know, I think that we need to, it, it, even though this might be the bottom and I'm putting a big might, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to take a long time before it turns aggressively upwards. So don't have to do anything. Okay, don't do anything. Exactly. Don't be just, yeah. It's always <laughs> tempting when you've got nothing to do yeah. to, to do something, but don't fiddle. I know. Anyway, I know. on the football front, David, as, right. as, as we close yeah. this, here's a good story for you. It says here, few measures have been enforced to curb coronavirus in Belarus. Instead, people are urged to drink vodka and go to saunas. The country, specifically its president, has shrugged off concerns about the COVID-19 outbreak, starkly Mm -hmm. illustrated on Sunday with the nation's football matches continuing as normal. So what he says is, he says you should get up in the morning and have a vodka, then you should go for a sauna, and when you come out the sauna you have a vodka, and then you should go and watch a football match, and during the football match you have vodka, and after the football match you have vodka. (laughs) Because of the heat of the sauna is going to get rid of the coronavirus, should you have it and the vodka will also stave it off but he's a fanatical football fan the the interesting spin-off here is that because of the lack of football the bookmakers are now betting on belarus football matches because you can get it and there's a few deals been signed with broadcasters in in europe to show (laughs) belarus matches you know between minsk city and minsk uh, united and that sort of thing such a fascinating fascinating thing because I, I was thinking I of the bookmakers the other day how do they make their money there's no sport going on they have completely no. oh, closed down as well them. i forgot about them yes yeah. i must tell you something i was i i i started to watch the english game which was uh on netflix yes um it's it's uh what's his name uh, Fellows who wrote Downton Abbey. Oh, Julian uh, Fellows. Sir Julian, Julian Fellows yeah. wrote it. So he knows absolutely nothing about football. He knows nothing. But what he did do is probably got his assistants and that to look up some facts and that. And it's about the change of the game in the late 1800s. I did 
not know that soccer was dominated by the old colleges, old Etonians and yes. all the various. I, and, it's a tough and what game. Happened is, yeah, it, it, I didn't realize that. And uh, what was what's interesting, and I mean, this is it, it hardly occupies a lot of the you know a lot of the time, but it does show you how soccer changed because these were the first professionals. You know where uh, this is in Lancashire where. Uh, some of the businesses started to to bring people in and gave them a couple of pounds on the side to play. You know, and it was a breakdown of amateurism and the rise of professionalism and also how the North changed the game. You know, it used to be almost like rugby. You know, you would just rush towards the goal, whereas they started to spread. So from an in, interesting aspect, although I think the series, there's not much truth other than perhaps one of the two characters did exist. But uh, from that point of view, I, you know, it, as you mentioned, it was a tough game. It wasn't a, a, working per, a working man's game. But it did become from the late 1800s. There are so many uh, great football stories. I mean, during the First World mm. War, for example, because men were off in, in the trenches uh, fighting for our freedom, uh, there were the women's game, and there was a game at Preston North End where 56,000 people went to watch uh, am, amateur, am, amateur women. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, let's, let's go back to Belarus. President Alexander Lukashenko took part in an ice hockey match on Saturday, controversially declaring that sport is the best antivirus remedy. So he's kept the football season going. At the event, he told a reporter, it's better to die standing in your feet than to live on your knees. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, no David. Comment. Thank you very no much comment. for your time. We'll speak but tomorrow with, um, <laughs> with Nick Gunza. David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman right. of Sassoon Securities oh, in Johannesburg. Oh. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.